I was using my mantra from, from episode 12 of good, meaning this is supposed to hurt. It means you're alive and you can either accept it or give up. So uh, that was what it was going through my mind. That was Johnny Coffin. And this is episode 55 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we welcome our first repeat guest to Inspired Souls, my husband, Johnny Coffin. We've been documenting Johnny's long and winding road to the 2021 Boston Marathon for several months, which began with him qualifying in the 2019 Manitoba Marathon in a time of 2.59.22. On October 11th, Thanksgiving Monday, he completed the challenging trek from Hopkinton to Boston in a personal best time of 2.53.54. In an attempt to comply with physical distancing, Boston reduced their field size from 30,000 to 20,000 runners, meaning 10,000 people who BQ'd for the 2020 race were turned away, and only those who ran at least 7 minutes and 47 seconds faster than their Boston qualifying times were given entry. Despite it being the smallest field size since the early 2000s, there was representation from 100 countries, including 913 Canadians. In this episode, we talked to Johnny at five different points during his four-month training cycle, including the night before and a few hours after his race. For anyone who loves a good race debrief, you are in for a treat. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Johnny Coffin. Hey, Johnny, you're so fun. You're so fun. You blow my mind. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> hey, Carolyn. <laughs> That's the best intro ever. Welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back, actually. And um, selfishly, I know we're recording this uh, at the end of June, but when it comes out, I'm hoping to be the first repeat. That's true. Do I get a prize? Maybe, but that's just how special you are. Thanks, babe. Yeah, so as you're alluding to, we have spoken to you before. We spoke to you back in November of 2020, actually right on Remembrance Day, if I do recall correctly. We we made reference to recording on Remembrance Day. So that was episode 12 called Slow the Bleep Down, for those of you who haven't heard. So if you want to learn all about Johnny and his background, you can go back and listen to that one. But what's been going on with you since November of 2020? I finished that podcast outlining two goals that I wanted to do this year. Uh, one was to run a sub 17 minute 5k race. And the second goal was to register for Boston, which I think at that time, either I knew or I was assuming it wouldn't be in the spring, it would be in the in the fall. So yeah, after that last recording, I kind of Follow the expert advice of my coach, <coughs> Carolyn, <coughs> uh, amazing, amazing coach, and kind of went into a, the, the slower phase of the, of the periodization. So, you know, a Winnipeg winter, great time for folks to slow the bleep down. And so I, I just ran a lot of miles in the snow. And a huge shout out, actually, to Winnipeg, because man, oh man, do they, uh, they do a good job keeping the sidewalks and trails clear. And I'll be honest, the Winnipeg winter wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. Actually, I also want to give a, a shout out 
uh, to Kim as well, because uh, through her, I, I got a pair of OT comps, Salming shoes. And those monsters were like cleats in the Winnipeg snow, zero slippage. They got like Michelin tire rubber <laughs> on the bottom and, and big teeth. So it was fantastic. Awesome. So you spent the winter months, like the remainder of November, December, January, February, just kind of running a lot, slowing the bleep down, running easy, slow miles, but lots of them. And did you do anything else to kind of lay a strong foundation? Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of core work, lifting more weights, building that, you know, kind of foundation that was going to set me up for success in, in both those two goals that I just mentioned. Awesome. So you mentioned that you wanted to break 17 minutes in the 5k, but you didn't include the fact that you wanted to do that before your 40th birthday. So why don't you tell us about how you transitioned from kind of base training to getting yourself ready to do a spring 5k? Yeah, yeah, totally. And actually, again, when this gets aired, it will be after my 40th birthday. So if anybody's listening, uh, my birthday is in the summer. I accept gifts uh, well All after my round. birthday. So, so please, please send them my way. So that's, uh, that's okay. Uh, but I haven't turned 40 yet. Uh, I do that uh, mid-July. So I had zeroed in on running a 5K near the end of April. So backtracking uh, with Carolyn, my coach, we put together a really great 5K eight-week program that I was going to follow, and uh, and I followed it to a T. And on the 24th of April, uh, Carolyn was on the bike. It was a nice, cool morning, perfect, not too much wind, and uh, I cracked the 17-minute goal. I ran a 16 56 and uh man oh man what a what a huge weight <laughs> off the shoulders yeah almost three months in advance of your 40th birthday like whew, time to spare totally and if anybody's really raced a 5k it hurts a lot for the most part and i remember thinking in the in the in the race being like oh i don't want to do this again it hurts so much <laughs> but keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing and uh I felt so good. It felt so good when I hit that 5k mark and, and saw this uh, 16 on the yeah. watch. So well, awesome. like you mentioned, I was on the bike. So my job was more of like a safety marshal kind of person, like making sure there weren't going to be any obstacles in your way and like cars and, and people on the sidewalks and all that stuff. But I didn't actually have a, a readout myself of where we were at in the course, how much we've had left. Like I knew approximately where the finish line was, but so I, I really didn't know. And I knew like if it was 17 plus, I was going to be dealing with a disappointed person. But if it was sub 17, I was going to be dealing with a really happy person. So I was kind of anxiously awaiting the results as well. Uh, but I do remember when you you hit the stop button and just seeing how excited you were that was a very special moment for me too yeah totally and a big shout out to you too when it, in a race like that when seconds matter if I don't have to worry about traffic and people and mm -hmm. I ha I think I ran through four traffic circles mm -hmm. so you telling me that it's clear in all four directions all that good stuff mm -hmm. so thanks babe oh man that was it was so fun like when <laughs> when you stopped I was just like we did it 
what? Like, and just so people, like, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's run a, a quote real race as compared with a time trial, like, you know, you get so much energy from the environment of the real race. And so this was in a time trial situation. So it just makes the results that much more fantastic. So way to go. And I, I can't wait to run it in a race. I know mm-hmm. I can do it again. I know I can do it again. Well, as your coach, though, when, you know, we put that program together, you were executing it, you know, to the T, actually. Uh, I knew you were ready. Like when you kind of cranked off that last key workout about 10 days before and you nailed it, I was like, oh, he's ready to do something special. Moving along. You knew you were going to apply to run the Boston Marathon. We didn't actually really know. We knew it wasn't going to be in the spring this year, in April, like it normally is. So we figured that it was probably going to get pushed out to the fall. But how did the whole registration process go? So actually, the registration opened before that 5K time trial. So I ran that 5K time trial on the 24th of April. But uh, registration opened up at like, you know, 10 o'clock central time on the 20th. And at 10 o'clock and one second, you know, I was on there. I don't know. I'm a planner. I like to get in there quick and get my name in there first, even though that probably didn't make a difference. Well, actually, I think it filled up really, really fast. Well, it did fill up, but I I think based on my timing, which actually is is a good, uh, I think, thing to discuss. So I ran Manitoba Marathon in 2019 for Boston in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew I wanted to run the best marathon that I could run. And they had just decreased the BQ, Boston Qualifying Times, by five minutes. For your age group, which is 35 to 39, they had just lowered it from what to what? Well, they they decreased all of the times by five minutes across the board. So mine was three hours and 10 minutes. But for my age category, 35 to 39, I had to run a sub three hour, five minutes. So in the Manitoba Marathon, it worked out really well. I snuck under the three-hour mark, 2.59 and and 23 seconds for anyone uh, who wants to go that deep. So, you know, I'm I'm sitting at five-minute plus difference from my BQ time, which is pretty good. And Mm. normally, people get in on that. So with that five-minute and change difference, I was able to qualify and register and get in for Boston Marathon in April of 2020. However, as we know, COVID hit, it got pushed to the fall, and then eventually got canceled. Now, fast forward to, you know, April of this year, when registration opens up again, you know, we start after I registered, I start hearing rumors or, or, you know, through Twitter and social media, that they've made this seven minute and 47 second cutoff. So if you didn't run at least seven minutes and 47 seconds faster than your BQ time, you are not getting in. So meanwhile, I'm like, well, I guess this works out for me because I just went up in age category, which (laughs) added, so now my Boston qualifying time is three hours and 10 minutes, but I can still use my old qualifying time because, you know, nobody's really run any marathons uh, since then. So, so for people that I, I hope people are following along with this. Like maybe, maybe this is a little bit confusing, but basically if you didn't turn 40 this year, you wouldn't have made it into the Boston Marathon, even though you qualified with a really good time that was over five minutes faster than a 
a pretty fast qualifying time to start off with. The only thing that's actually saved you is is getting a year older. So there are benefits to turning 40. <laughs> and wiser. And wiser. wiser. Of course. Yes. Yes. But yes, no, you are 110% correct. So I have registered and I, I'm in. I got accepted. So uh, really stoked about that. Yeah. Okay. So currently, as we're recording this, it is June 25th. I guess it's about 15 and a half weeks out from the race. So how are you feeling? So this moment right now, I feel good. But let me let me back <laughs> up a little bit. So after after the 5K, you know, I kept the intensity going. And I try I tried another 5K and I didn't do a sub um, 17. But it, it was just good groundwork, uh, knowing that I was going to run uh, Boston. So now, you know, I took a, a rest week, kind of early May, and then mid-May, at about 21 weeks to go to Boston, you know, I started getting back into running, and uh, my IT band started giving me a little trouble. And uh, that's actually not a abnormal thing for me. The IT band kind of rears its ugly head every once in a while, and it's totally fine. I can deal with it. But that it starts to get worse. And, and I have a quote here from my running log uh, at the end of week 20 being like, IT ban issues again? You got to be effing kidding me. And so I really had to take a break and slow it down. So now by the end of week 19, I start building up again. And actually, the IT ban is doing really well. And week 19, what do you mean by that? Like what time of the year are we at here? Late May? Yeah, now we're, now we're late May. Yeah. Okay. So you're really normally or in an ideal world, you're starting to kind of ramp things up again. Like technically you kind of want a, about a 16 or 18 week program, but we started you off just easing back into running around 21 weeks. And totally. And, and rule number one is that you should never start marathon training with an injury. Like that's a, exactly. a really <laughs> bad idea, but it gets worse. It gets way worse. Uh, so now... I go into week 18, so I'm building up after my IT band issue, and I, I just do a little twist coming onto a sidewalk, and I tear something in my left calf. <laughs> I have another quote from my, uh, from my log. I can't wait to hear this one. Yeah. What is effing going on? You don't have calf issues. What the F? <laughs> right. So the... IT band, you think like, okay, I've dealt with this before. I've been here before. I know what to do. So it sucks, but I, I can handle this. But then when the calf thing started, you're just like... That never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never have calf issues. And I had to limp home. Good thing I was only, I think, like 400 meters away by then. But I, it was just so frustrating. And uh, you know me. When I don't run or if I'm injured, uh, I'm not a, a fun guy to be around. But it was weird. So I not weird, but I, I went to bed that night and I woke up and it felt a little better. So I'm like, okay, good. I, I'm making progress. I kept the positive attitude. And I, I don't know if you remember, but I kept saying like, it's going to be better. I, I'm not worried. It's going to get better. And every day, you know, I would do a little walking on it, push it a little bit, but not too far. And then by the end of, of that week 18, I was able to, to run. I think I did an easy 9K. I was only going to go for five. I did nine. It felt fantastic. And I knew I was going to be okay. So now IT band, calf issue, water under the bridge. <laughs> well, in your episode, we actually like a big theme of your episode was talking about your mental toughness or your mental resiliency. And I feel like 
in that whole little blip of time that you had the you're dealing with the calf thing, I feel like you wouldn't even like speak it into existence, right? You're, if I asked you about it, you're like, no, it's it's gonna get it's gonna go away. This isn't gonna last for long. Like it was actually really amazing to watch, and I do remember because I went for we have a massage therapist in the neighborhood, and I went to see her. And I wasn't doing so great. I'm kind of injured. And so I was telling her about my injury. And I'm like, you're never going to believe it because Johnny's got an injury too. And he's coming to see you in a few days. And I remember you being like, what? You told her that? Like, I, I'm not going to be injured by in three days when I go to see her. And I was kind of like, that's really interesting because when I'm injured, it's all I can talk about. <laughs> um, maybe no. I can try not talking about it because, but anyway, I just thought that that was a nice little follow on to what you spoke about in your episode about mental toughness. Yeah. And totally mental toughness, visualization, and, and knowing that things are going to go well, it, it goes a long way. And, uh, that's kind of my mojo, baby. That's how I operate. And so since then I've put a sticky note on our mirror saying the body will adapt. So I took a page out of your book. So there you go. Awesome. So now, yeah. So now I, like you said, I'm at week uh, 15 and a half. You know, I ran a really good mileage last week. This week's going to be even slightly more with some workouts in it. And uh, it's, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Nice. Knock on wood. So um, just before we wrap up then, do you feel going into this buildup that you're, more prepared, less prepared? Like where are you kind of sitting in terms of your, your confidence in this training block? That's a really good question. I still have 15 and a half weeks to go. So anything can happen. So I'm, I'm a bit apprehensive. I, you know, I'm thinking positively and, and I, I feel good right now and I'm going to ride that. But at the same time, I'm not going to push myself too far. You put together a fantastic plan and I'm going to follow it to the T and, and not push too hard. Key is maintaining those paces that you've, you've put in there and not overdoing the mileage too much and just gradually build. Mm -hmm. The cool thing this time around though, because of all the marathons being canceled, I think this is like my third uh, marathon training iteration in a matter of uh, three years. And what's cool to see is that I'm actually starting off at a higher mileage than I did on the previous programs. And that's just because the, the base of that pyramid is, is higher. So uh, looking forward to that. I'm a little older. I think it takes a, a little longer for the body to heal. I really got to focus on, on sleeping better. You know, I'm still working full time, right? And I do think about that. And we have two kids on the go and, you know, life gets in the way. But the advantage this time around too is that I'm actually training through a Winnipeg summer. Mm -hmm as opposed to a Winnipeg winter. And in a Winnipeg summer, I can pick mornings or evenings to beat that heat. And I, I don't mind getting up early. But you know what, I actually kind of like running in the heat too. So I think I'll throw a few of those out there as well. Yeah, just different considerations in the, you know, summer running compared to winter running. So awesome. Well, it sounds like you're in a pretty good place right now. And we'll just you know, keep on checking in with you a couple more times during this build up. And then we really want to hear all about it after race day. So I hope you'll come back and fill us in. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I can't wait to talk to you guys. I'll get and give you another update. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. 
<laughs> so since we've last talked, you have had a big milestone birthday. You're 40 now. How do you feel? Oh, I feel so old and I feel so tired. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, the, the mileage is increasing as uh, the training is progressing. So, you know, feeling a, a little fatigue. But I'll be honest, now that I'm uh, wise and old in my 40s, I feel fit. I feel fast. I feel good. Mm-hmm. I would agree. As your coach, your training is coming along swimmingly, and we are almost nine weeks to the day from the Boston Marathon. So why don't you give us a little overview? How's the training been going? Good stuff. Bad. Well, actually, last time you were concerned, we were concerned that you may have some issues going on in the injury department, calf, IT band, hip. How's that? All of it. Well, I'll be honest, you know, back in my 30s, those were a bit of a concern. But, you know, now that I'm older, wiser, no, the training's been going really well, actually. And I've kept those niggly injuries at bay. uh, Thank goodness. But uh, I think the, the training is really smart. I'm not trying to overdo it. You know, that said, right now, you know, the last few weeks, I've been in the triple digits of, of kilometers per week, which is fantastic. And my long runs are, are up in the 30s now uh, with progression in there. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's coming along really well. And the body's holding up. And were you inspired watching the men's marathon yesterday in the Olympics? We're recording on August 8th today, the day of the closing ceremonies. And we watched the Olympics last night. So uh, did you get a lift from those guys? Oh boy. Speaking of lift, I think uh, we scared our kids uh, lifting ourselves uh, <laughs> onto our feet, screaming at the TV for two weeks, uh, marathon, the track race, the, oh the, the race gosh. walk. Oh my God. The race walk. The race uh, walk was so exciting. I did not expect to be so into it. The 50 K race walk. Wow. Yeah, Evan yeah. Dunphy. Shout out to Evan. No. Awesome. I am motivated because of it. And watching those guys do it, you know, smooth is fast, fast is smooth. They just make it look so easy. No kidding. And not to mention that they're running 15-minute 5Ks Crazy. Uh, in the middle of a marathon with a million degrees and humidity. And it's just, yeah, totally bonkers to think of what pace they're going at. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad it was motivating, super um, motivating for me as well to watch those guys and, and girls as well. And just all the Olympians. Man, like I just get uh, so inspired watching all the sports in the Olympics. Totally. I just uh, hope I don't have to shove any ice down my uh, shorts uh, during the Boston Marathon. But I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. No, you should have some better weather. That's for sure. So uh, what else have you, you said your mileage has gotten up over 100 kilometers a week. Your long runs up over 30 now. Aches and pains are at bay, mostly because I have to say you've been on top of all of the quote, little things that you and I both know are actually the big things, the hip strength and hip mobility stuff, your core work, your food and hydration and all of that going to sleep. Oh my goodness. Do you want to tell us how many times you've gone to sleep before the kids? Oh, too many times. I think uh, my record is 7.30 on a, on a Friday night <laughs> in preparation for the Saturday morning long run. But I think that's what you got to do. You got to take yeah. it seriously. And when the body says you got to go to sleep, you got to go to sleep. And how many social invitations have you turned down on a Friday night? (laughs) (laughs) Too many. Actually, the last two Fridays, uh, I've had a call 
to say, yeah. hey, we're going out. You want to come over uh, for a pint next door or go down to the Forks here in Winnipeg? And I actually, I don't mind. I don't mind saying, no, you know what, guys? I'm tired. I got to run in the morning. Uh, I'll take a rain check. Yeah, for sure. So you've had some new experiences this time. Do you want to tell us about uh, your nipple chafing? <laughs> nice. I didn't think you were going to bring this up. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that that is a bit of a funny story. So, I mean, you... You hear the adage, you know, never try a new pair of shoes on a long run. Well, I guess it goes true for a, a new singlet on a long run as well. Because uh, I did buy a new one. I got inspired soul singlets matching him and hers. Totally worth the bleeding nipples. Yeah, totally. Uh, I just got to get some stain remover on the front. But it was embarrassing because uh, I did wear it for the first uh, run over 30K. And it was my birthday weekend. And then that day, we ended up going to uh, Hoopla Island, this like inflatable park on uh, on the water, running around with my brother and his family. And, you know, I take my shirt off and my brother's like, what happened to your nipples? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, the life of a runner. <laughs> Anyways, uh, with birthday money, I did buy some lube. Nice. And I've been using it ever since. Big shout out to uh, Running Lube. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us about your kind of your weekly flow. Like when do you do your workouts? Yeah, you know, balancing it with with family, with work. I think I got a really good routine. And I think that's a big part of the the success that I'm seeing right now. Monday is when I start my week. And usually I get up early now. I'm up at like 5, 530 to uh, beat the heat, beat the smoke, unfortunately, that's around here right now, and get a run in before work. And now, you know, my shortest run is over an hour. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Monday is a easy run. Tuesday is like my marathon workout. And then uh, we, the MRA, the Manitoba Runners Association, under the tutelage of Carolyn and a few other University of Manitoba Bisons, are coaching a bunch of us on the track, getting some speed work in there. So that's Wednesday night. So I I try to get some rest in between. Thursday is a takeoff. Friday is an easy run. Saturday morning is my uh, long run. And then Sunday's probably the best day of the week because I get to do uh, a recovery run with my beautiful wife and coach. Oh, you're just saying that. You're so beautiful. <laughs> I love those runs too, babe. And I'm keeping you honest by going my pace. Those are your slowest runs of the week by far. No, totally. And well, so, and here's the thing. I, I'm not a morning run guy. Like, trust me, when I wake up at like 5, 5.30 in the morning, the last thing I want to do for, is go for a run. But you know what? You get your shoes on, you get out the door and you feel great. It's kind of been throwing my morning routine in a, in a bit of flux. Everybody loves a good poop story. So I was doing a workout a couple of weeks ago, four by eight minute at marathon pace. It was like six minutes and 13 seconds into my third <laughs> eight minute and I'm like oh my god I gotta stop right now <laughs> and I stopped and I'm doing the butt clench and I'm like I need like course of action one I'm gonna barge into someone's house number two was I need a porta potty and number three was trees and uh I had to, <laughs> I had to do like a waddle for like 800 meters to get into some trees oh it was embarrassing but it was so early in the morning that's another good thing about running in the morning nobody's out yeah. watch you uh poop in the woods <laughs> Anyways. I think every 
runner can relate yeah. to that story, though. So thank you for your vulnerability <laughs> and your honesty. Oh, you're welcome. You're and welcome. And it's kind of a little bit disgusting, too. But no, I'm just hey, it, I got it done and I was able to finish the workout. So it was uh, it was all good. It was all good. Yeah. Our bodies always know when our routine is thrown off. That is for sure. Totally. And I mean, on routine, I think it's also key. And I think you just you mentioned it earlier is uh, all the little things like uh, like we talked about sleep. Uh, I'm into this routine of, you know, taking about 20 minutes before bedtime every night to do the stretching, the rolling, mm-hmm. uh, some strength and mobility, hip stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. uh, I think that's been helping me a lot. And then I'll, I'll try to squeeze in a heavier lifting day once uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot to fit in. Like when you start to think about it, there's so much outside of the running and then there's so much running. So it's it's almost like a part-time job. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But having a plan, I think it's key. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate for having a coach and we have a great plan and now it's just all about executing it. Well, speaking of plans, do you want to tell us about your plan for actually getting to this race? I oh, hear that it's changed one or two times. Mon Dieu. You know what? I hope that I run faster than the shortest time I was on hold with WestJet. I was on hold with them (laughs) several times because of flights changing and a a cumulative 15, over 15 hours on hold. It was ridiculous. The shortest one was just over three hours. So like how many um, marathons could you have run? Like five marathons for the length of time you were on with WestJet? Holy moly. It's not like I was listening on hold. I was doing work and other things, but man, what a pain in the ass. But no, flights are sorted. You know, Carolyn is vaccinated and rules kind of look good right now. So she's coming with me. I'm excited. I'll have uh, number one cheer squad on the sidelines. So thanks, Can babe. hardly wait. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it'll be very fun to see this whole two plus year training cycle <laughs> come to yeah, fruition uh, in person. So yeah, fingers crossed that that all uh, shakes out the way that it's planned at this point and that we don't have to change the plan many more times uh, before race day. So what's the plan going forward? Like we have some vacations coming up that are causing us to have to modify the plan. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, totally. So I'm starting two weeks of vacation, which I'm super excited about. And and normally when I do that, I I try to log more running because I can uh, sometimes even double up and I don't have to worry about work. But for five days, we'll be on a houseboat. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. I might develop a love-hate relationship with water running. I don't even know what that is. But uh, Coach Kevin's going to be there and he's going to help me out. So that's my brother who is, was our first coach, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I'm going to get in some good runs right before and right after. So it's only three days that uh, I'll be on a boat. So Mm -hmm. it should be fine. Uh, It'll be good to get a break. And we did this trip last year and I was marathon training at the same time last year. And you're right. It's not the worst. We got super creative though with doing drills and beach sprints. And yeah, I didn't do the water running, but you may have to, and it's all going to be just fine. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you take three days off, your body will probably also thrive off that as well. Totally. Yeah. So anything else before we close? No, I just want to say that things are looking pretty good right now. I just got to keep doing the training, be intuitive so that I don't get injured and then I show up on the start line. Okay, well, this sounds really good and uh, good luck with 
you're training over the next month. You do have a 10K that you're running in the Manitoba Marathon weekend. So how about we check in with you after that? We'll hear all about your 10K and uh, and your taper. Sounds good. I, I'm actually really excited about that race because that'll be the first real race that I've been in. And uh, man, I am excited. Yeah. And it's less than a month away. So it's still looking like it will go ahead as in person. So that is very, very exciting. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Welcome back. It is Saturday, September 18th, and we have just three weeks to go to the Boston Marathon. But the last time we talked to you, you were going to be running a 10K race. So why don't we start by hearing all about how that 10K went? Man, that 10K was fantastic. It was so cool uh, just to be running with uh, real people again. Uh, Big shout out to Manitoba Marathon Committee under uh, Rachel Monday for putting on, I believe it was the first sanctioned race in Canada, correct? Since the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole team did a, a fantastic job. I got a funny little tidbit. Uh, you, me, and uh, our good friend Jen Tatashore, who was here uh, with us that weekend uh, to run, you know, we did our warm up and uh, I scooted ahead and I got to the start lineup. And, and typically in I like to warm up right up until five, 10 minutes before the race and then try to get to the front of the corral. But the way they had it set up was these like specific lineups, five across, socially distanced with masks on. And it was obvious that no one was going to let me just cross uh, cross the, the start lineup to be first in line. And uh, it, it was comical because... Um, I had a very disappointed look on my face. I'm like, oh my God, I have to start at the back of this corral uh, for this 10K. Because I, I was stoked that I really wanted to to run really fast. So with my head hanging low, I just walked to the back of the corral and waited to start. But on the hour, they started folks out every five seconds. So five people went every five seconds. And uh, I think that's kind of typically how a lot of races are going to go. That's, in fact, how Boston's going to roll. And uh, it created a lot of space for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Interestingly, before we went off, because I know you and Jen were maybe five, six people behind me. Do you remember the song that was playing? Oh, yeah. It was uh, Tub Thumping by Chamba Wamba. (laughs) It it brought us right back to our university days. She and I looked at each other and like, oh my gosh, this reminds us of Mac. Like McMaster University was, that song was very popular when we went there. So we're totally dating ourselves, but yes, tub thumping. It was funny. I remember going to the person beside me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like uh, back in the crowd, (laughs) tub thumping, what's strike three? But in the end, tub thumping is now my favorite song because the race uh, went fantastic. Man, it was it was a lot of fun chasing people down. How fantastic did it go, Johnny? Well, I was hoping for a, a sub 35, which would have been a, a PB for me. So I, I did get a, a new PB from that race. And uh, the weather conditions were, were fantastic. And again, I think it was just the excitement of running with uh, real people again. Okay, so you weren't just sub 35 minutes and actually 35, 36 or something, anything faster than that would have been a PB and you were 34, 39. So I'm just going to toot your own horn for you. And you defended your title 
successfully as the 10K winner, which you also had in 2020 in the virtual rendition of the same race. So way to go. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And what it's really cool is that, you know, I did not do any specific 10K training. Obviously, I've been very focused on uh, marathon training. And if anyone wants to listen to episode 12 of Inspired Souls, I talk about the last time when I I did marathon training only and uh, I got a PB in the 5K. So uh, the theme of that podcast was slow to bleep down and uh, it holds true for me still. Mm -hmm. It is always... Amazing how just that base training, like just the running a lot, a lot of miles and really slow, like you end up having to do to run a successful marathon, how that actually carries over into the 5k and into the 10k, typically distances that we think of as requiring much more speed work. And I really think, you know, the speed work is the icing on the cake of a huge aerobic <laughs> foundation. And you're getting that from marathon training and it's um, translating over into the other distances. So that's super cool. So congratulations. That race was two weeks ago. But since then, I understand that you've had a little bit of a setback in your training. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it wouldn't be Johnny marathon training without a little bit of drama and uh, and certainly I've shared some really funny stories but uh, one more on the serious front is that you know a week ago so four weeks to go to marathon that's typically when you're supposed to get in you know one of your longest long runs uh, on the weekend I like to do mine on Saturday probably around 36k actually I mean it, it started to hurt a little bit before that but Got a little bit of IT band troubles uh, around 36K. So, Which you know, you've I, had before. Like you spoke about that at the beginning of this training cycle, having an IT band thing. You're totally right. However, I think in, in the marathon training, my expectation was that I started slowly and worked my way up to where I think my body would be able to handle it. So theoretically, I've strengthened my body, including the IT band to move through, you know, th- uh, you know, mid to high 30 kilometer run. But, uh, you know, I obviously got into a little trouble last Sunday and, and yeah, I probably haven't been the best, uh, individual to be around bit of a, a grumpy pants all week. I don't think it's as bad as you think, but I know what you mean. So it- you know, you have an expectation now that I've gotten over this IT band thing and I've been doing 30 plus K long runs routinely. Right. And now, Oh, here comes my biggest, longest long run. And then it didn't go according to plan. So mentally that's, that's tough, right? Like when you start to contemplate, what does this all mean? And what does it mean for the marathon? And can I even do it? (laughs) So talk to us about how you've kind of gotten over that mentally. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, with training like this, you're you're always on the razor's edge, and and certainly the end goal is to show up at the start line healthy or as healthy as uh, as you can be. Mm-hmm. So when like when the IT band started hurting in a matter of seconds, you know I went through all the emotions of like sadness, anger, <laughs> uh, disappointment. And I I went through it all, had myself a little pity party, and and then I was like, okay, I mean it's it's still four weeks out. And you've been here before, uh, so it's it's time to be intuitive, 
and as I said, do whatever it takes to show up on the start line as, as healthy as possible. So mm-hmm. consulting with my very beautiful and intelligent coach, oh, uh, we, we came up with a, a good plan to, to back off a little bit on, uh, on the volume and, and intensity and, and focus on other things that, that could make me healthy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to say after a week, uh, it, it's proving to work and I, I feel like I'm, I'm back on track. So, you know, I had a quote unquote low mileage last week and, uh, but I feel healthy again and I'm going to build it back up. All right. Well, moving on to the trip planning. I know that's been a kind of ongoing issue. Any new developments there? So only two and a half hours online with uh, WestJet. And I got to thank you for, <laughs> for taking the phone for a little while so I could sneak in a, a quick run. But it, it's, it's totally working out. So flights are good. Hotels are good. And we need to have a negative test before we enter the States and back into Canada. I'll be honest, uh, I think I'm more stressed about that COVID test than anything else because we're, we're getting the test the day before we leave in order for it to count to go into the States and back into Canada because we're traveling less than 72 hours. But let's say I get a positive test. This is probably the last recording to the podcast and I'd like to thank everyone for uh, listening. <laughs> no, I know. There's nothing we can do about it. I'll obviously follow COVID protocols and try to maintain space from people, especially in the two weeks leading up to the event. Also with the trip planning, I did find out my bib number. So 4065 for anyone uh, wanting to to follow me. Uh, And the the cool thing is, is that my bus load time uh, the morning of the race isn't until 745. So it's not like Mm, a crazy early time. Yeah. And when you get out there, you just pretty much like rock and roll, right? There's no like waiting for hours and hours out in Athletes Village. Exactly. From what I heard from the course director in a podcast a little while ago is that, yeah, you get off the bus, you got like a half a mile to shake out, go to the bathroom, you know, take your last little sips of water and whatnot, and you, uh, you get on with it. So in that regard, I think this is better than waiting in Hopkinton yeah. Oh, yeah. for hours. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Okay, cool. So um, anything else on the, like, I know we bang on and on about what you're doing in your running, but is there anything kind of around the peripheries of your running that you've been paying more attention to as of late? There's actually a few things. Trialing out some some gels that I want to use. You know, we, we invested, because they're not cheap, in Morton. And we just read that uh, Morton's sponsoring Boston, so they'll be out on the course as well. So, you know, try, trialing those two different gels, uh, the caffeinated and non-caffeinated, to make sure it doesn't give me an upset tummy. I run with the the uniform, the shorts and the singlet and hat that I'm going to wear on race to make sure I don't open up my nipples and uh, bleed everywhere. Uh, but I did buy lube. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. I just like saying the word yes. lube. Um, <laughs> speed bracelets actually super key. So our daughter likes to make bracelets. So I made sh- make sure that she has some speed bracelets ready for me. I also have a Boston, you know, this, this like you know because you see me drinking every morning. But for the listeners, it's like those Starbucks coffee mugs from Boston. So I would say running and ancillary work and all that stuff aside, I'm pretty sure drinking from this Boston mug 
will get me mm-hmm. uh, a PB at the race. That's, that's the key. <laughs> yeah. So big shout out to my cousin, Heather, and her husband, Jason, who actually is a Boston College alumni, I believe. They're the ones that got us that mug before I ran Boston in 2016. So we're kind of bringing back the mug. Actually, we drink out of it a lot, but you've been particular about choosing that mug every day. Um, And you'll even go to the lengths of washing it if it's dirty and you're making another coffee. Are you superstitious? Uh, No, but no one shall use this mug except (laughs) for me. (laughs) All the power is mine. Exactly. And the last thing is that, you know, before big races, especially if it's going to be hot, I I'll drink like a, a tablet to increase the, like a nun tablet. And and for the mm-hmm. listeners, you know, I'm curious if people think it's pronounced nun or noon. <laughs> yeah, De- up for debate for sure. I was under the impression it was noon, but maybe somebody more professional or qualified to answer that question can weigh in. Okay, so um, if you get your goal in Boston, then we will definitely be... Uh, crediting the coffee mug for the W. And on that note, do you have any goals that you want to float out there? Anything, any time goals or execution goals like that you've triangulated around as you have gotten into this specific phase of your uh, training? As everyone knows, I qualified for Boston in the Manitoba Marathon, which is is crazy flat and the only hill is like an overpass you got to go over and i snuck under three hours so 259 and, and change certainly with boston with a lot more training under the belt i do want to get a, a pb and you know if i can get under 255 that would be uh that would be fantastic and you know based on the training that i've been doing so far uh, it does seem like it's lining up very well. Also knowing mm-hmm. that Boston is a pretty difficult course. Well, I think that's possible. I definitely think a PB is possible. So you can't really go wrong with a PB, right? Yeah, totally. And actually, if it, um, all the elite runners actually came out too. So I'll have some some fellow Canadians to uh, chase down like Dylan Wikes and and Rory Leafletter. Mm. They better watch out. I'm coming. <laughs> yes. They should be afraid. Very, very afraid. <laughs> okay. Well, we will check in with you in another probably three weeks to the day, uh, maybe three weeks and one day. The day before Boston, we'll check in with you and see how you're feeling then. So I hope the next three weeks of training goes well. Yeah, thank you very much. And and depending on that uh, COVID test, we may be recording in Boston or we may be recording back here in Winnipeg. Fingers crossed. I hope I'm speaking to you all from Boston. Yeah. Hey, babe. (laughs) Hey, Hey, babe. babe. (laughs) So where are you joining us from, Carolyn and Johnny? Well, bye. <laughs> so it is it is October 10th and you guys made it to Boston. So Thank tell us goodness. <laughs> what happened. I know it was a bit of a nail biter. You got your COVID test and when did you get your test results? Man, we we got our COVID tests last night, roughly around 9 p.m. 
and our flight was this morning at 7.30, departing international flight, so you want to get to the airport pretty soon. So it was a bit of a nail-biter yesterday evening as we waited for the test to come in, uh, but we did get the results before we went to bed, Thank so we were, yeah, we were able to sleep uh, soundly. And you had to be at the airport, sorry, when? Uh, our departure time, 7.30, so we tried to get there around 5.30, two hours prior Wow. So that was like eight hours after receiving your COVID test results. Like, were you starting to get a little nervous? Uh, I, Last you know night, what? Yeah. You, at Thanksgiving dinner, you checked the email a few hundred, hundred times. times. You know what? I think as runners, we, we understand what we can and cannot control. And this was just one of those things I, you know, I really wanted to know, but, it, you know, I just knew there was nothing I could do to control it. Uh, but certainly finding out before bed was a big uh, yeah. help. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And you made it like flights were scheduled and everything to Boston. Okay. I know there's a, a bit of a, an issue happening with air traffic controllers in Florida right now. Were you disrupted at all in your flight times or did that all go according to plan? No, no, it went perfectly. Uh, our flight was amazing. My brother Good. just did a flight not that long ago and it took them two extra days to get to their, to their destination. So we uh, had that at uh, top of mind, but no, it was, it was awesome. Good. We were able to take our time, get into the hotel. We went for a little shakeout jog. So there was a multi-step process to get your number two. You had to go check in um, and verify that you either have your two vaccines or a negative COVID test. Okay. And then after that, you got to head down to the expo and uh, get your number, which all worked out. Awesome. So the expo, I've heard so much about the Boston Marathon Expo. Tell us all about it. Did you like, did you run into anybody famous? Kim? No. We ran in to Sally McRae. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I get that. I'm so happy you did though. Did you get a picture? Um, yes, we did. We'll be sharing it on our social media. At her before me. This is like. And I actually, know, I felt kind of bad, actually. Oh, and I made okay. sure to let her know. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And like, at first, <laughs> I, I mentioned that, yeah, you were on our podcast. She's like, what? And then, you know, I explained yeah, and she remembered. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I feel awesome. so bad because Kim's the, the trail runner in our duo. And I know she's going to be super. No, uh, no, no. Um, you, yeah. Anyway. You represent it. That's awesome. Yes. We had a nice chat. So that's great. Is there were there any other stars kind of milling around or so if it if there were tumbleweeds in the building, it would probably blow through the room. Like we were because we showed up so late, we okay. were one of maybe 30, 40 people at the expo. But I mean, talking to some of the vendors, they said it was shoulder to shoulder uh, most of the time. Wow. Okay. And what is the weather like there? Uh, I think we're gonna get some rain overnight. Uh, forecast for tomorrow could, it's probably going to start around 16 degrees Celsius, get up to maybe 20, 21 by the end. So that, that's okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit on the warmer side for me, but, right. uh, wouldn't be. And a bit of an east wind, which isn't awesome because it's point to point heading east. So a little okay. bit of a headwind, but not terribly strong. Okay. Awesome. Definitely so, not a 2018 forecast or a 2012 forecast. No snow. Yeah, it could be worse. There could be, yeah, snow, yeah, hail, yeah. who knows what. <laughs> All right. So how are you feeling, Johnny? Are you feeling race ready? 
Yeah, I feel good. The shakeout run felt really good. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little sleepy after travel day, so we're going to go to bed here soon. But I feel great. I feel great. Uh, looking forward to just getting started. Awesome. And now, Carolyn, how are you feeling? I have never been so nervous in all my <laughs> I am way more nervous than I was to run it, if you can believe that, five years ago. I really Actually, five years ago, I have to say I wasn't as big of a fan of the sport as I am now. So I don't don't think I really knew or appreciated the history and all of that as much as I do right now. No, I'm absolutely just like, I won't be able to sleep tonight, I'm sure. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous for him. I'll be tracking along. I'll be trying to watch the elite race. I'll be trying to edit this podcast to get it out, you know, (laughs) in the next day. Um, There'll be a lot going on tomorrow, but I am ready for it. Yeah, totally. And uh, while I had my, you know, pre-race drink of water and and noon carolyn's having her pre-spectator drink of wine uh while hey. I, and watch a drink. I hear spectating <laughs> is a really hard job <laughs> so he doesn't have to right exactly. like you'll just exactly. yeah oh <laughs> uh, well you guys are just too cute i'm so excited for both of you to be there and to experience a real live like one of the big marathon races um, since COVID. And um, it'll be really exciting to hear the rest of the story uh, Mm -hmm. tomorrow afternoon after everything's all said and done. So I think we're just, I'm just going to let you get to sleep, Johnny, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Good night, Kim. Thank you. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Pleasant dreams. All right. Well, we are here with Johnny Coffin just hours after the finish of the Boston Marathon, the 125th running. And congratulations, babe. You finished in 253.54. How are you feeling? I feel old. I feel sore. I feel tired. But <laughs> Didn't you say that before in this recording? No, true, true. Uh, I feel amazing. I did release to the masses in uh, earlier in the episode that I was hoping for a 255, uh, but we'll get into it. But uh, if we go over the times, I, I did have a secret goal of trying to get under 250, but uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go back to the beginning of this wonderful day. Uh, alarm goes off. Tell us about all of your preparation leading up to getting on the bus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh hotel here is fantastic. They had... Uh, a breakfast set aside for all the Boston runners and family. So that was, that was great. And I have my own food here. No issues there. I did bring my lube. Do you remember the last thing you said before we left the hotel room? Are you lubed up, babe? <laughs> kind of. You actually said, how are your nipples? Are they lubed up? <laughs> Anyways, so I applied extra lube, extra lube for today. So that was, that was good. Yeah, so I was on the seven four, 745 bus, very gentlemanly hours, I must say. So there was no hurry or rush to get there. You walked me there. We got some cool photos. And I got on the, the first go for my 745. There was there was a, a wave ahead of me that got out before me, but there were no issues. And I sat on the bus with my good friend Tom from Wisconsin age 47, who uh, did well today. And uh, we chatted up, man. He, uh, this was his second. He actually ran in 2018 when there was a snowstorm. But uh, he gave me some really good tips. 
and he's working his way through all six major marathons. So big shout out to Tom. He might be listening to this podcast. Okay, Johnny. So on that note of tips, why does a person need tips for this course? Like the Boston Marathon has a reputation for a reason. Tell us a little bit about why it's so hard. That's an excellent question. And certainly Carolyn and I listen to a lot of podcasts and she's a veteran here herself. So I got some good advice from her. But the big thing with this marathon is that it's kind of downhill. It's it's hilly, slopey. I don't know if people knew that, but there's hills. I, I was surprised. Uh, training in Manitoba certainly didn't help, but it's uh, a general downhill, net downhill until about 16 miles. And then you kind of hit four pretty massive hills between 16 and 21 miles. And then after that, uh, the fourth one, it's called Heartbreak Hill. Uh, after you hit 21, it's it's mostly downhill again until uh, you hit the finish line. So those uphills are not placed well because typically that's where people start falling apart, uh, which we'll get into here in a minute. And uh, actually, I must say too, um, while I was on the bus on the way out, uh, Elise and Carolyn actually wrote me a letter to to read on the bus, and uh, it was pretty awesome, very motivating. And uh, I did think about the things that they wrote in there during the race. So it certainly helped me got to the finish line. So thank you, babe. And Elise is our daughter. She wrote a very sweet note to her dad. Okay. So for those who have run Boston before, they would know that they would get shipped out to Hopkinton and have to sit on their butts for three or four hours to make sure that they start in their waves and they would have to go meet the bus super early. But due to COVID, it was a rolling start. So you get on the bus they drop you off at the at the start line and you have about 1.2 miles to shake out, use the bathroom, eat your last bit of food, and then you can start whenever you want. And that was uh, it was great, actually. It worked out really well for me today. Interesting. I wonder if they'll continue that in future years, because it sounds like that's really an optimal way to start a marathon. And how they grouped it, too, was, you know, based on your qualification time, you were stacked in the bus. So, mm. you know, theoretically, you should be running with your peers of the same speed. And that just continued the flow throughout the race. Obviously, that's not entirely true because there were lots of passing. But I would highly recommend that they continue this next year for sure. All right. So let's get into the play-by-play. Tell us how your race evolved. Oh, boy. Okay. So... Like I said, so the first wave started at 9. I was in the second wave, and it was supposed to start at 9.30, uh, but we kind of snuck in and got out at the end of the first wave kind of to avoid the the mass rolling start of the second wave. And by we, I just mean me and a few others uh, from the second wave. That was awesome because it had a huge spread of individuals, so I could run my race without being impeded by other runners um, but it also allowed me to run with people who were more my speed as well. It is a, a pretty big downhill to start. And uh, after when I hit 1K and my uh, watch barked at me with a three minute, 40 second. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, Carolyn's going to kill me. Carolyn's going to kill me. I better slow the bleep down. So um, you should see Carolyn's face right now. Oh, my goodness. Have I not taught you anything? <laughs> I'm so excited. So the first K was fast. The second K was slower. And then, so like I said, I really wanted 
to go for it, I wanted a 250, which is a four minute, one, 1. 1.6 second kilometer. So I slowed down so that my average time was four minutes. And then I hovered around four minutes, a couple seconds above, couple seconds below a long way. And I knew my splits were getting pushed every 5K. So I'm just like, man, I just need to get to this next split at a four minute pace. So Carolyn knows that I'm not dying. <laughs> so good, <laughs> it was a good motivator. Um, and then in, in kilometers, you hit 35 kilometers at the top of Heartbreak Hill. And then after that, like I said, it's downhill. And uh, the downhill destroyed my legs, destroyed them. I felt really good up to the beginning of the hills, which was a recommendation based on the podcast that we listened to. But because the downhills were taking its toll on me, I destroyed the uphills. Like I, I actually picked up the pace. It oh, felt wow. it felt really good. The uphills on all four hills. I got to the top of the fourth hill, Heartbreak Hill. And I'm like, what? That's it? We're done? Okay, let's uh, downhill. Let's go. Here we go. However, like I said, the downhills were killing me. And, and as soon as I started the down or the backside of Heartbreak Hill, I got a cramp in my calf. Okay. And uh, it was just a very brief second, but as soon as, you know, you know it. When it comes, you know it's coming. Uh, so I uh, I had to kind of back off a little bit and run on my heels more than toes, which isn't ideal because now I'm changing my gait, but I, I was feeling it. And if I didn't slow down, I would have had to have stopped and walk. And that's just not a thing for me. Like I I was going to finish this race running the whole, whole way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the, even though Heartbreak Hill and there are still lots of rolling hills in between the top of Heartbreak Hill and the finish line. So every time I would go up a hill, I'd get a little break. And then every time I come back down, I'd be like, Ooh, ah, ee, oh, my calf. And then, you know, now I'm like a two or three K back. And now my other calf is starting to cramp and my, my quads are killing me. And I was deep, deep in the pain cave. And... Uh, it took everything I had to uh, get to the finish line. And I'm watching my watch. And my watch is still saying I'm hovering just over four minute per kilometer. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. I know I'm slowing down. I know my pace is getting slower. But just just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I was using my mantra from, from episode 12 of good, meaning this is supposed to hurt. It means you're alive. And you can either accept it or give up. So uh, that was what it was going through my mind. That and like, hurry the f up. Let's get to the end. Here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and and um, so now come in the last. Like you turn on Boylston, and it's like 600 meters to go. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm seeing my watch. I really want to try and get under two hours and 54 minutes. So pour it on and I would start going fast and then my legs would cramp. So I'd back off a little bit and then I'd go a little bit more. And and, and Carolyn said she saw me on the TV and I, and I saw it too. I think it was posted on social media. And I'm like, oh man, I was not looking good. In my <laughs> mind though, in my mind, I'm like going the, the speed of light. Uh, like we always do. So um, it's curious to me that your calves were cramping downhill. I mean, the calves usually work more uphill eccentrically they'll they'll control you going downhill but you are correct i think it was the uphills that actually caused them to cramp and then as i crested the top of the hills 
that's when they started to cramp. I guess they just had enough. And as you know, you know, there's not a lot of hills in Winnipeg. No. So we we bought a treadmill with uh, a decline in it. And I, I did do some good workouts on there, but certainly uh, I think I should do more. Yeah, that's that's the most deceiving thing is the downhills for sure. Um, I'm curious how your IT band held up. We knew you had some trouble with it during your training. Was it an issue during the race? No, it wasn't. It it didn't hurt. I would say that as the body was falling apart, I could feel it. But certainly the calves were the limiting factor here. And, and I never was able to, I guess, push my body far enough to make the IT band. So IT band was awesome. My hip was awesome. The body was great, just except uh, for cramping. And I don't think there was anything else I could have done except train more hills, which uh, I don't know, maybe next time. <laughs> I do have an observation, though. I would like to tell all the Boston runners what a tangent is. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I probably ran like six, seven, eight hundred meters less today because of the straight line tangents around corners. It, it just seemed like people were sticking to the right hand side because that's how you drive and they wouldn't cross the yellow line. I'm like, uh, nope, I'm going to take this straight line. Um, in some cases, though, there, there actually was a headwind the entire way. It was a little bit more than light. Like you, you could feel it. So obviously, if I came up to a windy turn, I would have to weigh, you know, do I take the straight line by myself into the wind? Or do I tuck in behind people and let them block it for me? So there were some instances where I didn't take the tangent, but I would say eight times out of 10, I did. Okay. So let's go back to, you are now 600 meters away from the finish line and you're trying to run faster and your body's not quite letting you and you don't look quite as elegant as you hoped. Uh, what did it feel like to cross that finish line and realize that you had PR'd by a whopping, like what, five minutes and 30 seconds? Yeah. Uh, uh, amazing. Amazing. Um, getting under 55 was fantastic. And then, yeah, blowing my PR out of the water on such a hard course was amazing. I was physically, mentally, and spiritually drained. And I think that's why I love this kind of race uh, so much because you can, you can push hard and it will test your limits and you will find out what you are made of. And certainly the last 7k like i said round 35 is when the pain started it was a, a battle it was an internal struggle and uh i didn't stop and finishing after that i, I i'm really happy with myself uh i have a great coach and cheerleader number one to help me get through it and uh my family supported me like i said the, the letters on the bus and and everything Carolyn was super busy too on, on social mm -hmm. media back here in the hotel. <laughs> uh, people were texting and everything like a uh, huge community. And it's fantastic to know that uh, we have all of these people rooting for us. And finally, I knew I was going to be on Inspired Souls and I'd be like, I better have a good <laughs> fucking story or else uh, Johnny's not going to be happy. There is something to be said for that, I tell you. Um, your pride, your good old-fashioned ego. Um, so, Carolyn, I, I want to know about your finish line experience here. Where were you? I know you, yes, you were posting on social media, your Insta story, play-by-play. -play. Tell us where you were and how you helped celebrate with Johnny. I am a little bit embarrassed to say that 
like I had really good intentions. I was watching in the hotel room and it was like command central. Okay. So I had the TV on, I had like apps going and I was like updating and checking and people were texting. Like Johnny was saying it was nuts over here. And I'm like, okay, I wanted to watch the elite race on TV because I knew I'd get a better view of the elite race there. So anyway, the elites finished and I was like, and Johnny was going to be finishing I don't know. I knew the time of day was going to be about noon that he was finishing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to run down. But then I'm watching on the TV and I'm like, it is bonkers down there. It is so busy on Boylston Street because that's where I would want to watch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get a better view down there. So I may as well just stay here. So I am embarrassed to admit that I did watch the finish all the way to here. And then I knew where our meeting spot was. I'd be able to run there faster than he could hobble. So I, uh, I, that's exactly what I did. So yeah, I, but luckily, sorry, I was just going to say, I don't know which would have been more embarrassing. You completely missing his finish, not being able to see him at the finish line versus staying in your hotel and actually watching it. So I actually think you made a logical decision. And, and, and they like the channel I was on was awesome because they were kind of constantly showing different parts of the race, like in split screen view. And so they were showing Boylston Street. And so I knew on the app what time he was going to be finishing. So I'm like, I'm probably going to see him. I know exactly what he's wearing. So it was like, where's Waldo kind of a thing <laughs> because there were so many people, but I, I noticed him on there. So I even got a little video. So I was putting all that over onto social media. So that was kind of fun and people seemed to appreciate that. So that was well worth it. And uh, yeah. And then I just did a little quick, got my little jog in and met him at the finish line. So that was exciting. Yeah, Carolyn, uh, she mentioned the the shirt that I was wearing. So it was easy to pick out. I, I forgot to say the crowd here in Boston was fantastic. And, you know, I had big Canada and a big Maple Leaf on my uh, racing jersey. And everybody, go Canada, go Canada. And uh, just every time I went through a, a town with a big crowd, a huge boost uh, to make me run faster. So that was fantastic. I had, you know, people shouting out where they're from in Canada. I had a few people sing, Oh Canada. They didn't get past the first Uh, line, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) anyways, the crowds here were fantastic and, and Wellesley college, uh, they did not disappoint. Did you kiss any girls, babe? (laughs) No, no kissy kissy. I was running way too fast. (laughs) <laughs> but like, I heard them screaming from a kilometer away and they didn't stop until wow. you know, I couldn't hear them anymore, obviously. But yeah, no, it was awesome. That's awesome. Two years of pent up screaming to let go on, <laughs> on race day. So you crossed the finish line, Carolyn, you, you went down to meet him. I'm curious, you know, what happened with the cramping after the race? Did it get any better? Okay, this is awesome. So we're, <laughs> we're hobbling through Boston Common back to our hotel. It's about a mile walk and we picked the hotel like for its proximity to the finish line but we still knew there'd be a little bit of a walk and I said to him I want to take a picture um, because we need a picture to go with this episode of Mm -hmm. of your podcast and so he's like okay we'll joke that I had to stop halfway on this park bench to take the picture (laughs) because the mile was so long so he sits down on the park bench and just gets a complete charlie horse cramp oh, in no. his ab <laughs> and so then he's standing up like trying to get the cramp out it you was had to help me up yeah 
It wasn't a joke. (laughs) Oh no, it was a legit cramp. I've had that before actually. The shoes and the socks are pretty hard. So I've been helping with that. So we always finish our podcasts with, with the five questions. We're going to skip right to the fifth one here, Johnny. What was your post Boston marathon PR indulgence? Well, after I struggled with taking a shower, we just went down to the Beantown pub up the street. I got a big ass beer, burger and fries. It was fantastic. Samuel Adams. Oh yeah, big Boston proud beer. And actually had like um Boston Marathon emblems on the glass, which was also oh, wow. super cool. And oh, we were not alone. There were a lot of Boston Marathon runners in there getting the burger and fries, drinking the big ass <laughs> beer. So it was very popular. I think if there's ever a day you earn that burger and beer, it's today. So that's awesome. So it is Thanksgiving Day here in Canada. And so let's just uh, reflect on um, what are you most grateful for today? So I, I am certainly grateful for the the PR. I am grateful that everything worked out, that we were able to come down here and do this. Grateful for the opportunity that Boston had the race on and and it was uh, successfully run and i'm super grateful that my it band didn't act up today because that was uh that was a bit on my mind and i'm also grateful that carolyn came with me it was great to have her here thanks babe (laughs) no i am uh, i am really really grateful for the return of in-person racing like Mm -hmm. i didn't realize how much i'd missed it and i wasn't even in the race it was just being around this race energy it's like yes we're back and i think we have missed it and this two years has been very long but i think we're showing up to the start line again way more grateful than ever before amen to that what are you grateful for this weekend kim yeah, you know what? I, I'm grateful for all the things you just said. You know, it's so exciting to watch in-person races uh, happening again. But I'm also grateful for what COVID has done for us and that it's allowed us to stay connected no matter where we are in the country. So I've moved recently. I was able to spend time with my family this weekend, but here I am sitting, chatting with you guys all the way in Boston, just like we were right across the kitchen table from each other. And I'm just so grateful for the ability to stay connected with friends, no matter where we are in the country. Uh, I have a couple more things I'm grateful for. I am super grateful that we had an opportunity to look at Kim's childhood bedroom with pink purple walls uh, last (laughs) night when we did our recording yesterday. Uh, I'm also grateful for ibuprofen. Well, that's hilarious. All right. So I've got to say this, this uh, summer long saga that we have just shared with you um, is concluded. So congratulations, Johnny. You, you brought it home. You got the PR in 253.54. And uh, Team Coffin, congratulations. Well, th- thank you very much, Carolyn and Kim, for having me again. Uh, I guess this makes me the official repeat on Inspired Souls. Hell! <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you both. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. <laughs>